So today's daf is daf kuf mem aleph, but um, because we fell behind yesterday on Friday, so we only made it to the mission at the bottom of the page on daf kuf mem amid bays. So that is where we will begin and uh, start from there and get to today's daf. So um, we said in the Mishnah, Gorfin milifne hapetem. Mishnah tells us that uh, you're allowed to. Uh, Gorf means to like sort of. This is talking about uh, they in those days they were these oxen they had, they would try and um, stuff them up to be extra fat. So um, so basically their trough, they would clean. Uh, in front of the animal, basically, since the animal is, is overstuffed, they kind of want to make sure that uh, it has no excuse not to eat. So that's the idea. You're clearing the space from the patem, from the animal that you're trying to fatten. And move it to the sides. Because of the um, excrement. Again, the idea is, is that you don't want to have some um, some foreign elements there that will inhibit the animal from eating. Devrei, Rabbi Dosa, that's Rabbi Dosa's opinion. Again, we're just, uh, for those who are just signing in, we're starting at the Mishnah on the bottom of Kuf Mem Amid Aleph, because that's as far as I got to on Friday. Devrei, Dosa, V'cham Osram, V'cham Prohibit, they say this is not allowed to be done. Notlem, Milifnei Behem Azu, V'noslem, Milifnei Behem Azu, B'Shabbos, if this animal's not eating well, so then you or whatever it is, you can move the food from one animal to the other, and that's perfectly permissible. It's not considered a uh, tircha on Shabbos that's not allowed. So Gemara Ibailu, the question was raised. Rabbanon Aresha Pligi O Asefa Pligi. The question is, which halacha do the Rabbanon say is forbidden? Are they talking about the first halacha of Gorfim Lefnia Pete? Or are they going on the second So which one do they have take issue with? Is it on the Reisha Pligi? Or are they arguing in both counts? So that's a question. So Tashma Kamini approved the Tanya Lina Braisa Racham Omrim Echatzelusadim. The Chachamim say in both cases you can't move it to the side. Okay. Um uh, one second. Uh, in both both cases, you cannot move it to the side. So, um, so okay. So that pretty much settles that we are talking about both cases. Okay, they are arguing on both the grifas the evos, and the tevem lefanov. You can't move it to the side. So it sounds like two counts that they're arguing on. Okay. Amrav chizam shel kaka. This is only. By a trough that's attached to the ground. If it's a utensil, then it's for surely no concern. Um, okay, and that's the and that's Rav Chizda's statement. Uh, who would allow? If you tell me that they're arguing when it's on the ground, isn't that a separate concern? That if it's part of the ground, basically it's like dug into the ground, and that's what the trough is. So there's a concern of, of what we call ashvigumas. You're going to basically smooth, uh, fill up the holes, which is a binion cons- uh, uh, construction issue, right? which is forbidden in its own right. Is there anybody who would allow that? How come ashvigumas? Ella. 
if uh, if Ella itmar hachi itmar, if you're going to say the statement of Rav Chizda, it must be the reverse scenario. Am Rav Chizda machlokes beivishal kli. They're only arguing in the one that's a that's in a utensil. Avol beivishal karka, but if it's in the if the ground, divrei hakol aser, that for sure is forbidden. So that's basically the difference. Okay. Okay. Vinotlin brings us to the um, new another halacha. Vinotlin mifnei behena. Tana Chada, we learn in one place, Notlim Lefne Beima Shapia Yafa, Venoslim Lefne Beima Shapia Ra. So one source says that you can take from the, anim- the animal that has a nice mouth and give it to the animal that has a bad mouth. Okay? The other source says that you can take from the animal that has a bad mouth, Venoslim Lefne Beima Shapia Yafa. So What's the deal over here? Are you allowed to take it from the good mouth to the bad mouth, or are you allowed to take it from the bad mouth to the good mouth? It's confusing. So It's just a matter of nomenclature, how we refer to the good or bad. How do you define good or bad is really what the discussion is. So you definitely can take the food that's in front of the donkey and give it to the the bull, but you can't take from the bull to give it to the donkey. Now, that's talking about Bechamor, the Leslie Riri. That's, that's a description of the donkey because he doesn't drool. Okay, donkeys, when they eat, they're a little more uh, fastidious in their nature or the, how they eat or whatever. They just don't drip all over their food. So that's called, in a sense, in that sense, it's called Pia Yafa. Um, what is that? That's a para. They have all these drool that drips over the food. It makes it all disgusting. So to take from the chamor, which has, which eats nicely, that's what it means. He has a pia yafa, a nice mouth. You can do so and uh, and put it into from the 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 bull that has a not a nice mouth. That's one way to look at it. That's a bechamor. That means the donkey. So the donkey, in a sense, is a bad, is a bad mouth. What does that mean from a bad mouth? A donkey, whatever is placed in front of the donkey, the donkey will just eat. He doesn't really look at the food to see if it's good or not. On the other hand, that's para the daikabachla. A cow is a little more finicky in how it eats. And therefore, it got to look nice or whatever. They're sort of a little more picky eaters than the donkey. So in other words, if you're describing um, being picky as a nicety, so then you'd say that the bull has a nice mouth and the donkey has a bad mouth in the sense that it's just not, it doesn't have any sense of what's, what, what, what he should be eating, what he shouldn't be eating. And if you're looking in terms of um, the way they eat, which is less, um, you know, less, you know, Dirty, so the donkey happens to be a less dirty eater than the, than the bull. Anyway, interesting. But that's the story, and that is where that's the mission at the top of the page. Brings us to the Mishnah. straw that's on top of the bed. Lo yena You want to use this as your bed. You can't move the straw to make yourself a comfortable mattress. Alamina You need to move it with your body. So in other words, you climb on the bed and you move your body, shift your body in such a way to make it comfortable, that would be okay. 
If this food happens to be animal food, the, the straw is animal food, or it's covered by sheets. So in other words, it was meant to be a mattress. It wasn't just meant as fuel, which is what the standard use of the straw was. So then, then it's not muktza, and therefore you can move it with your hand. Machbish Machbish was basically the press that they used to press their clothes. So it's basically, you can imagine what the construction more or less was. It was like a, like a board with another heavy board that had pegs on it that you could just lower it down and press it down against the clothes. And then you would be able to lift it up and slip out the clothes that would be nicely pressed. So you just lay out the clothes the way you want it and then push down and that's how it works. That's what a machbesh is. If it's a private-held machbesh, so matirin, you can undo it to get out your clothes. Avalokovshim, you can't set the press to press the clothes because that's already not allowed on Shabbos. Vishokovshim, um, if it's from the laundry mat one, so that's a more professional tool, and they press, it's like a better, it's like a, it's heavier and everything, it's more significant of a deal. So, lo yigabo, you can't even touch it at all because the whole thing's mokta. If you don't mer, mo mutar, mer Shabbos, if it was basically untied on Erev Shabbos, matris kulo, vishomto, you can basically completely remove it to slip out your clothes as long as it's been like in it, it's not in its sealed and locked down position, so that would be okay. Moving on to the next thing. Amar Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman says, hai pugla. Pugla is a turnip, and they used to do is they want to keep the turnips to stay fresh. So they would basically put them in the ground, and it would sit there, and it's, it kept it fresh. So this turnip that was milmala lamata, which is basically, if you've ever seen a turnip, they're wide on top, and now we're on the bottom. So if it's up, up to down, so and it's sticking in the ground, so then shari, that's fine, because you could just lift it up, and it won't really move the dirt. It just... The dirt stays below. But if it's upside down, and now I'm going to slip it up, so basically I'm going to be moving the dirt when I lift it up, also that's forbidden. Okay, because I'm causing the dirt to move. The school of Rav explains, Tanina, we learned the local Rav Nachman. Our Mishnah is basically countering Rav Nachman's position, if you think about it. What does our Mishnah and Rav Nachman have anything to do with each other? The answer is, look at the Mishnah. Hakash al Gabiamita said the straw that's on the bed, basically, you can't move it with your hand. Why? Because the straw is mukta, because it's really firewood, basically. In those days, that's what they used to do with the straw. Unless it was food, but if it wasn't, then it was firewood, and basically, it's mukta on Shabbos. But what are you allowed to do with mukta? You can move it with your body. So he's climbing on the bed and he's shifting it around. That's perfectly okay. Same exact thing over here. I'm not moving the dirt directly. I'm picking up the turnip. And that causes, indirectly, the dirt to move. It shouldn't bother me. And that's why it's saying that our Mishnah is countering Rav Nachman's halacha that he taught. Alright? You can move it by hand because then it's not Shmamina. What this teaches us is Tiltum Minatzad. Indirect movement of Moksa, Lo Shmitotah. It's not called movement. Shmamina, it's very clear that our mission is countering, it's not like Rav Nachman Shita. Okay, Amr Rav Yudah, Rav Yudah says, Hani Pilpali, pepper, Meidek Chada Chada Bekata Diskinen. You're allowed to 
let's say you have peppercorns and you want to have some ground pepper. So you can basically grind down the peppercorns with the back of your knife, the handle of your knife, one at a time. Okay, but if you're doing two already, that's already sort of like like a real grinding, and then it's already not allowed. And Rabbi Amar, given the Mishani, since you're doing it in an abnormal way, obviously you're not using the mortar, you're not using the pestle, it's a, it's a, that would be allowed. Now, uh, before you um, uh, say, hey, that's wonderful, I'd love to grind up a pepper on Shabbos, uh, this is not to be teaching practical halacha because it actually is, a, is somewhat of a, not a simple thing, According to Mepharshim here, some Mepharshim hold this is only really referring to Yamtif. It's a machlokis, whether this is actually going to be allowed on Shabbos. But be that as it may, it's not something, some say yes. Um, so uh, basically, before practically um, you know, grinding up your peppercorns on Shabbos, I would check with your local Orthodox rabbi. And th- that does not mean me. Okay, somebody else. Okay. Um, just saying what the Gemara is saying. Okay, now Amr Rav Yudha. Rav Yudha says, Somebody who went in the water. So, I don't know, he's coming up from the water, he's bathing on Shabbos, okay, for whatever reason. So he's coming out of the water. Before he gets up out of the water, all the way, he should fully dry himself um, before he goes out in public. Why? Because you may come to carry the water that's on your body in the Carmelis. Okay? Um, very interesting why that might be problematic, but that's what it's saying. So the Gemara says, if that's true, isn't that uh, uh, so that's Avasar. So it sounds like even when you're going into the water, you're pushing the water for Amas and the Carmelis. Okay, uh, again, we're looking at, a, at the water, at the body of water is like a Carmelis. Uh, so it's also moving when you go in. So why doesn't that bother you? So the Gemara says, there's a difference. If the pushing the water, that doesn't bother us in the Carmelis. But um, carrying it does. Um, the Rambam on this hal- on this halacha brings down this halacha, and he actually clarifies that uh, do not think. Let's say today was a very rainy day. Wait a second. Based on this, if I walk out in the rain, the rain gets absorbed in my raincoat. Let's say, and I'm carrying the water on my coat. Is that okay or is that not okay? So don't worry. That is okay. They don't. It, they don't say it's the same thing when you're in the body of water or when you're going through the rain. Going through the rain is definitely permissible, and that's how the Rambam says it. Um, and that's different than uh, different than this case. This is where they made xera because you're. It's really touching your whole body. It's a, whatever. The Mefarshim explained why it's a little bit different, but anyway, that's the idea. So um, it is that I will tell you that it is okay to walk outside in the rain, even though some water is going definitely to get absorbed somewhere on your body, or in your clothes, or in your hat, and that's, that's perfectly fine. Okay. Amar Baye Vitem Rav Abaye, and some say Rav Yudah, says, If you have mud on your shoe, on your foot, 
you should wipe it off on the ground, but not on the wall. And what's wrong with wiping off your mud on the wall? Not because you're making the wall dirty. This is your wall. We're not messing up somebody else's wall. So what's the reason? It looks like you're building because you're like mortaring your, 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 the stones on your wall. Uh, so the Gemara says, I mean, kind of like, why would that be a problem? It's, 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 it's pretty much a finished bill. It, you know, it doesn't make sense that that would be an issue. Uh, it's, it's built already. So, if anything, it's really the other way around. You should be allowed to wipe it on the wall and not on the floor. Why? Because on the floor is another concern. You're going to start, you're starting to, you're trying to smooth the floor up to make it the floor even. That's why it's worse. Itmar, we have a machlokas here. Actually, they're both prohibited. Both wall and floor is not allowed. And they're both permissible. We're not worried about either. So now, according to Ravina, I'm not allowed to wipe my foot on the door. I mean, on the wall. Not allowed to wipe it on the floor. So what am I supposed to do with the mud? Okay. This is a very good question. So the answer is, A beam, if there's like a beam lying on the ground, um, that's just sitting there, so it's not the wall, so it's not the floor, and that's where you wipe it, okay? Um, now, Okay, a person um, should not... Uh, sit on the lechi of a mavoi, okay, which is the mouth, the, the lechi, as you know, is the side post that delineates the border of the mavoi. So don't sit at the mouth of that lechi because maybe a chifetz, an item will go your way and you'll come to carry because basically you're already past the, the reminder. Um, you're basically, it's like sort of covering up the the thing that reminds you where the borderline is between the public domain and the mavoi, and you know if it's covered, then you sort of you know you lost your hacker, you lost what's going to remind you where you're not allowed to carry, and that's the concern that you shouldn't sit over there, because um, basically it's gonna it, it can lead to carrying. Rava, another statement. kuba, the person should not move around a kuba. I really can't define it. I don't. I, Rashi sort of doesn't translate what a kuba is. I, I actually don't know, but it sounds like it's some heavy thing. gumos again, because by trying to establish its its weight, you'll smooth the ground underneath it. And again, it's the concern of mashvegumos, you know, smoothing the floor. So uh, this is a soft material, and a shisha is a type of a. Uh, container, uh, like a jug, a uh, little, uh, right, a little jug, and basically I can't put this soft stuff in the mouthpiece to sort of keep it, uh, the, you know, from dripping out or for, you know, basically sealing it in. And the reason why I can't squeeze it in tight is because being that that area gets wet very easily, it will le- it can lead to squeezing, and that's the problem. Amrav Khan, another alacha. Tit shal gabi bigdo. If you have mud on your clothes, mechas chiso mi vein mechas chiso mi You can 
scrub it on the inside, but not on the outside, which is an interesting thing. You can't actually touch the muddy side, but on the other side, if you, by scraping it, it can cause, get the mud to go out, and that would be okay, but just not on the outside. Problem with that is, Mesve, we have a kasha on that. Tich al Manalo, if you got mud on your shoe, I'm sorry, you can use the back side of the knife to scrape your shoes clean. Vishal Bigdo, and if it's on your clothes, you can scrape it off with your fingernail. But you can't, like, you know, rub the two sides together. So, isn't that, but it didn't say which way. Um, my love, Shaloi Chaschis cloud doesn't mean not to scrub the, the garment itself at all. So the says, No, Shaloi Chaschis Mibuchus, we're worried about doing it on the outside. El Mifnim, only do it on the inside. Amar Abavo, Amar Abelozar, Amar Avyani, Migarin, Minal, Chadash, Avaliyash. And he says, You want to scrape clean your shoe, you can only do so to a new shoe, but not to an old shoe. So, what do you use to clean, wipe it off to the new shoe, the one that you're allowed to do? Okay, um, so basically, um, the, uh, the reason why an old shoe is because by, um, by you peeling it off, it actually smooths the leather. It's older leather, so it's not smooth on the surface. By you scraping, you're actually smoothing out the surface of the leather, and that's the concern. Okay. Amar Leahu Saba. So, so an elderly man came up to him, to Rabbi Vo, or basically, and said, uh, "Actually, one second. Who was it? It was uh, Rabbi Vo quoted Rabbi Lazar in the name of Yanai that you're allowed to do to a new shoe, not an old shoe." So the Saba said to Rabbi Vo, mikami. You should erase your version because of my version." Because I have, I learned that Rabbi taught that you're not allowed to do a wipe clean a, a, a new shoe. And you can't rub oil on your feet when it's in the shoe, which is basically by you having oil on your feet in the shoe, you're rubbing the oil around and it works the shoe basically to soften the leather. Or a sandal or a sandal. What you could do is have a sach esraglo shemen. You can put oil on your feet to for just to have your feet oil, well oiled. And then you put your shoe on. That's like an indirect way of sach sandal, and v'sach that you can do, and that would be okay. V'sach kol gufo shemen. You can put oil on your body. And if you want to lie down on a piece of leather as a mattress. And by rubbing, by having oil on your back, it's going to rub into the, into the uh, leather. That's okay, because you're doing it on your body, and then it goes off. That does bother us. It's not a concern. That's only if it's there to shine up the leather. If it's oil to work the leather, also that would be prohibited. So the says, really, if you're trying to work the leather, of course that's not allowed. Even if your goal is just to shine the leather, that's also not allowed. That neither halacha is true. So Ella eat What he's saying is this: This that we let you put on your body or on your feet, and then you put it in the shoe or, or lie down on the piece of leather. 
That's if there's only a little bit of oil that the maximum it's going to be able to do is just give it a nice sheen. You're not really going to be able to work the leather with that amount of oil. If you really drenched your body or feet with oil, that is enough to actually work the leather, then also that would be prohibited even though you're doing it in this indirect way. And that's the story with that. Okay, so uh, we're at the Tanarabanan. Tanarabanan, Daf Kuf Mem Aleph Amit Beis, about, um, I guess, a third of the way down. Lo Yetze Katam Biminal Gadol. A small guy can't walk out in public with a large shoe that's bigger, that's too big. But if it's a too big of a cloak, that's okay. So if you have a, it's raining and you're borrowing your, your, your uh, you know, an old, a big man's uh, poncho, which is a little bit big on you, that's okay. It's not a problem. But wearing a, pers- a big person's shoes, that is a problem. Okay? Um, Rashi, uh, Rashi explains the difference is that uh, in a shoe, if the shoe's not, you know, if you're walking around in shoes that are too big, you'll find that they're going to be very uncomfortable and you're going to get frustrated and you can just kick off the shoes, carry them, and walk barefoot because it's very uncomfortable to walk that way. And therefore, you'll come to Karen as opposed to this jacket. You know, even if it's big, it's still wearable and you're not going to necessarily take it off. If you have a, a shoe that has a tear in it, a woman, only women in particular, are not allowed to walk out in them. And it's also not good for chalitza. But that's only that you want a good shoe, not a bad shoe. But if you do, it is a kosher chalitza. Um, and just to clarify, to explain why, it's because women are, you know, they're more fashion conscious, apparently. And if somebody makes, says, oh, your shoe is torn, haha, whatever, they're going to make fun of them, they're going to be tempted to pull off their shoe and they'll come to carry. So that's the, so Rashi explains. Um, apparently that's, men wouldn't worry about that too much. It's like, whatever. That just let it slide. Um, anyway, next thing we uh, also should not let it go with a new shoe. Um, what do we mean by a new shoe? A new shoe, a new women's shoe, she can't walk out in, and uh, because again, it may not be comfortable and. Uh, it, she will just basically take it off and come to carry it. So, but if she wore it already once, then she knows that it fits and whatever, it's okay. She never walked out even a moment before Shabbos. If she wore it at all before Shabbos, so she tried it out on her feet, then it's all, if the shoe fits, then wear it. Okay, now, we said once in one place, you're allowed to pull the shoe off the um, block that they make the shoe on. You know, it's, it's like in the shape of the foot and they form the shoe around it. So that you would be allowed to do. Um, and the other source seems says that you can't do so. So, which is it? Am I allowed to pull it off or not? So, look, it's not difficult to tell you. This shoe that's on top of the form, 
Rabbi Eliezer Rabbi Eliezer says it's tahar because it's not finished yet um, until they take it off. While it's still on, it's basically an unfinished item. So if it's an unfinished item, basically, of course, it's basically muktzah. If it's a muktzah, then of course you're not allowed to take it off. Chamam say it's tamay because it's finished. That works for Rava. So if you hold like Rava, that says that something that is meant, that is forbidden, like the, shoe, the foot form that they make the shoe on, that's basically a muktzah item, because it's meant for shoemaking, which is, you know, that's a kalisha malachto leisar, it's meant for iser. Um, so I'm allowed to use it if I need it or if I need the place. So then I understand why I'd be allowed to remove the shoe, shapir. We saw by his position that you're only allowed to move a mukta a kli shemalachto leisar for its sake. But not for its place's sake. There, I need it uh, for its place. It's not for, so. Uh, so, Michael Mimer, why am I allowed to remove the shoe? It's not on tightly. I don't even need to move it, and therefore I can pull it right off. Um, if it's so loose on on the on the on the stand that they make the shoe on on the uh, on the form, then it's okay to pull it off. Time the rafoy low rafoy low. So Gemara says, "Well, hanichla abai that works for abai." Tamer tovah shemalachtul is tzarchu full motor. Litzarch mekamo aser. Then I understand Rav Yuta Shapir. El Ravu damer bilin tzarchu for bilin tzarch mekamo motor. So then my area rafoy. Why would it have to be a loose shoe? So I feel low rafoy nami. Even if it wasn't loose, it would be fine because I could move the whole form too because I need its place. So my answer is, uh, That's not plain Rebut, that's Rebut in the name of Rebut Yezer, who says that the whole thing's Muktza. And the Tanya Rebut Omer, Mishum Rebut Yezer, Im Hayarafoy, Mutter. In other words, it's in the name of Rebut Yezer, who says that it's referring to the shoe itself, because uh, the, the shoe is actually, uh, once it's loose, it's considered a finished product. And that's the uh, what's going on over here. There's no need to move the the thing itself, and it's going in the opinion of Rabbi Yezer. Okay, Hadron Allah told it. Okay, end of. What's it called? A lath lathe, right? L a t h. How do you spell? L a s t e. Okay, last. Okay. Last. Okay, thank you. All right. No tell Adam Espino. You can, man is allowed to pick up his child, but Evan Biato, and the child's holding a stone. And you don't say, well, since he's holding the child who's holding the stone, it's like he's holding the stone, and that's a stone. That's okay. Vilkil Kala, you can pick up a basket. For Evan there's a stone in the basket. You can do that also. It's not a problem. And I can pick up the truma that's Tamei. As long as there's also true Torah there. Ve'im ha'chulin, or there's chulin there. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, af ma'ilin is a meduma be'echulumeya. Not only that, but if I have enough, uh, basically there's one sa of truma, and there's a hundred of chulin, so that's basically enough to negate the truma. So I'm allowed to uh, pick up the sa of truma from there on Shabbos, 
and uh, in order to make the chulin mutter, we don't say that's called fixing, and that's a different. It's also what it's allowed. Okay, so Amarava, so Rava says, uh, I'm sorry, this is an interesting Allah, how does it fit in with our mission? So Rava says, if you have a, you're carrying a living baby, okay, and it's holding a wallet on that's strapped around its neck, if you carry such a baby, you're for carrying on Shabbos. Mishum kiss because of the money, money belt, or whatever, the, the pouch of money. Tinok meis v'kis talui lo. If you have a dead baby and there's money on its around its neck, 